really what I've developed are these important aspects of health that need to get addressed in order for fertility to open up the most and for your fertility plan to be most effective. And so, you know, this, it's not this just one size fits all approach where we're doing medications, uh, none of that, right? But it's important to talk about egg quality, like, you know, what's going on with your eggs and, and how can we be supporting your egg quality? This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast, and I'm your host, Maya Acosta. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Maya Acosta. Today, we are going to dive into the world of polycystic ovarian syndrome, also known as PCOS and fertility. I have a very special guest with us. It's Dr. Angela Potter, and she's a functional medicine naturopathic doctor and leading expert in PCOS fertility. Dr. Potter is the creator of the PCOS fertility protocol, which helps women with an individualized approach to having the best chance of becoming pregnant while having PCOS. So in this episode, we will discuss PCOS, its impact on fertility, and what women can do to optimize their chances of conceiving. As always, the full bio and the links for each of my guests can be found on the website, Healthy Lifestyle Solutions. Solutions.org. And let's welcome Dr. Potter. Thank you, Maya. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this conversation for many reasons. Um, on our podcast, as I focus more on women's health, I really want to offer resources. And I've never had a PCOS specialist on the show. I've had other people um, that focus on women's health talk about preconception care. We've talked about having a healthy pregnancy. And in some cases, we even talk about postpartum um, health, mental health and other things like that, but never someone to who's going to help us really dive into what PCOS is um, and is very prevalent. So I'd love to learn first. How did you take interest in this? What is the reason for you wanting to support women with uh, their diagnosis in PCOS? Yeah, well, I've been in practice now for about 10 years. And uh, through that time, I was working with women's health and doing a lot more like primary care women's health. And I just began getting more and more women in my practice who had PCOS. And there was this theme that they were telling me these stories that I was hearing very frequently about, you know, I was talking to my other doctor and was just told that I had to lose weight. And that was the only answer. Or, you know, I was just given birth control pills. And I don't understand how birth control pills are going to help me get pregnant. And so just this underlying theme of these women getting really dismissive information from their doctors and having been in practice for so long and understanding myself how to get to the root cause of what's leading to these PCOS issues and fertility issues. That's when I was like, there is such a big need here and I'm going to do everything that I can to be supporting these women to understand what's going on in their bodies and then to get a plan moving forward, which is how I developed my PCOS fertility protocol in how to help them have regular ovulation and regular cycles. And then, of course, with the, the goal of getting pregnant. So let's talk about 
how does a woman even know she has PCOS? What are the symptoms? What exactly is PCOS? Yeah, so PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and that's really important to know that it's a syndrome. So it's just a collection of different symptoms that make it up to be PCOS. And you also need to rule out other causes of fertility in order to be uh, diagnosed with PCOS. And it's really important, you know, if you're listening and you're struggling with fertility and nobody has asked you yet important questions about PCOS and you've never had that conversation with your doctor, PCOS is the number one cause of female infertility. And it's estimated that around 5 million women have it in the U.S. Um, and that number is probably low because not every woman is, is getting tested for that. So um, just to give you a, a note there that if you don't yet know if you have it or not, it's important to get that tested. And so... There are different aspects of diagnosis of PCOS. There's three pillars of PCOS, and you need to fit two of the three in order to get diagnosed. So one is having cysts on your ovaries. Uh, one is having elevated testosterone. And then the third is having ovulation issues. And, you know, that can be really surprising for people to realize that having cysts on your ovaries is actually not a requirement to getting diagnosed with PCOS. So um, you could have it, but you could not have cysts on your ovaries. But yet, if you have the elevated testosterone and ovulation issues, you still have a diagnosis of PCOS. That's very interesting that you say that we are going to talk about so, some of those myths that people have. And I mentioned that I've always thought of PCOS as really the underlying condition or situation that's contributing to that is insulin resistance. But according to you, there are various types of PCOS. Um, before we talk about those, I'm thinking like, how does a woman even know to to check for this unless she's trying to get pregnant and finds herself being infertile. Um, I had a, a friend who was diagnosed um, at age 19 and she was not trying to uh, get pregnant. So how does she know initially that she needs to go to the doctor and maybe um, get some tests done? Mm -hmm. So for someone who isn't trying to get pregnant, usually the hallmark that's going to bring you into the doctor is are irregular periods. And it's not just a few days of your period. You know, one period is 28 days and one period is 32 days. That's not really it. It's more like, I haven't had a period in six months. What's going on? And then when somebody is struggling with fertility and needing to know if they need to figure out if they have PCOS, well, that's when, you know, of course, having these irregular cycles and if you're not bleeding months at a time you know, that's going to be a big cause for concern for your fertility. And then also a lot of women find that easy weight gain is a big sign of PCOS. Um, and then having elevated testosterone, those types of symptoms are like unwanted hair growth, really like on your chin, your back, maybe kind of that male pattern hair growth, and then acne as well. So those are typically the things that Somebody, you might be thinking, huh, okay, I have those symptoms. I wonder if I have PCOS. Let me go talk to my doctor to see if I do. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's great to know. So what are some of those myths? I already <laughs> talked about one of them, which I thought it was just really associated with insulin resistance. But no, there's more to that. Yes, right. So um, let's talk about that. So many people think that insulin resistance is just a part of PCOS. And no, it's not. It's just one type. And um, there's many people, it's called lean PCOS. And that's just somebody who has a different body frame than what unfortunately is kind of the stereotype of PCOS. But so for women who don't have that extra weight gain and, and gain weight really easily, they're known as the, the lean type of PCOS. So, um, you know, and if you remember what I was just saying about the different diagnostics of having PCOS, insulin resistance isn't even a part of that. And um, I mean, the medical community is working really hard to pinpoint even more what PCOS is and how to diagnose it because we want to make sure that we're catching people and also not letting people get diagnosed that actually have other issues going on instead of just PCOS. Um, but, you know, talking about this insulin resistance and these types of PCOS, if you're not familiar with the types, so the first step is to get diagnosed with PCOS and that's figuring out, okay, do you have the cysts on your ovaries, the testosterone or the ovulation issues? And then the next step, which is most commonly missed at many doctors' offices and many fertility clinics, but that's to get your type of PCOS figured out. And get, there's four different types. You could be very strongly one type. You could be a mix of all four. And finding out your PCOS type is just that important to understand the root cause of what's causing your ovulation issues, what's leading to your fertility issues, so then you can get a plan moving forward that's really effective to what your needs are. Because again, I was saying PCOS is a syndrome, right? So that means what PCOS is doing in your body is different from your friend who has PCOS and her needs and, and what she's going to need in order to help get pregnant. And, you know, another big myth with PCOS is just this idea that this one size fits all approach works for everyone. Um, so, you know, if somebody goes into their doctor to talk about their fertility issues and they're told, well, okay, you have PCOS, here's metformin and go lose some weight. Well, you know, again, PCOS looks different for you than it does for your friend. And that one size fits all approach, just it's not going to work. Now, metformin, it works for some women, and that's so great. Like, let's celebrate that. But what we're finding is that it's not this, you know, amazing panacea medication that works for every woman. And so it's that's why it's so important to get individualized care so that you understand what it is that's going on in your body, what type of PCOS that you have. So then you can get a plan moving forward that's really specific to your fertility needs. Yes. And I wonder if because they saw that 
diabetes, medic diabetes medications such as metformin was successful in having a woman and helping a woman conceive, I wonder if that is one reason why many of us think it's an insulin resistance issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that could be a big part of it. And, you know, insulin resistance is one of the most common types of PCOS. So it's certainly really common. Um, but not every woman has it. So if you're somebody listening and you're like, well, I'm, you know, pretty thin and I, so I can't have PCOS, like you still could. And that's why it's important to get it checked out. Um, uh -huh. yeah. So insulin resistance is one type. Um, another type is post pill PCOS. And the hallmark for that is really if you've had regular periods and then you get on the pill or, you know, a form of hormonal birth control like the Mirena IUD. Um, and then get off of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, your periods are all over the place. You're gaining weight, have hair growth on your chin, you know, stuff that wasn't happening before. So that's like why you would think you would have post pill PCOS. And then there's adrenal PCOS. And that is when your adrenal glands, which pump out your stress hormone cortisol, they're just, you know, overtaxed and your cortisol is not being produced in a normal fashion because it has this really nice, like normal rhythm throughout the day. It's elevated in the morning when you wake up and then it just steadily falls throughout the day in order for you then to have low cortisol at night in order for melatonin to rise for you to fall asleep. But, um, you know, if, if you lead a stressful life, I mean, we live in this modern world with many stressors. Um, many of us are walking around with just this adrenal fatigue, overtaxed adrenals that our cortisol is, is being pumped in our bodies, not at normal levels. So either it could be really flatlined, really low cortisol, or what I see most commonly is really elevated cortisol when it's supposed to be low. And that's going to give you symptoms like anxiety and insomnia and weight gain and things like that. So that adrenal PCOS is one type, the third type. And then the fourth type is inflammatory PCOS. And the, the most common reason for inflammation that I see with fertility is thyroid disorders, specifically Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune condition of the thyroid. So, um, and that's when your immune system is just on overdrive and leading to that inflammation. Leaky gut as well can be a source of inflammation in the body. Mm -hmm. So those are the okay. four types. I'm so glad that uh, these last two I want to kind of touch on lightly. Um, the adrenal fatigue I'm familiar with. Um, I had thyroid issues, hypothyroidism, and I started to put on weight a few years ago. And then I worked closely when with an endocrinologist. But I find it interesting. I wonder how many people know how you talked about testing your cortisol levels throughout the day. Um, just sort of like if you had a glucose monitoring system where you're checking your glucose, you know, throughout the day and after meals and all of that, um, the checking for the cortisol levels is doing, at least for me, like the saliva test throughout the day so that I can see. It's very uh, revealing in the sense that it helped me to understand because I myself have always been a person that suffered from stress, mainly <laughs> self-induced or, you know, I workaholic, uh, too much on my plate, which is common for many women to have 
so many things that we're juggling that can contribute to our stress and, of course, the adrenal fatigue. So I was wondering, um, well, I guess I, I just wanted to add the, that comment about um, how you test one way, I guess, that you test for adrenal fatigue. And when you talk about thyroid, I wonder how closely your patients work with you as well as an endocrinologist, or do they strictly work with you because you have that that training as a functional physician? Yeah, um, that's a good question. And then and I want to uh, talk about what you mentioned about the adrenal test and then also answer that question. So, you know, when it comes to fertility and stress, I mean, the fertility journey leads to incredible amounts of stress. And so when we're talking about adrenal PCOS, it's not just to say, well, you know, go meditate like five extra minutes a day and your stress will dissolve and your fertility is going to open up. Like it's really important to get this salivary cortisol test done because you're looking at what your cortisol is doing throughout the day. So then you can get a plan moving forward to help it come back into normal rhythm. And so then your body is able to respond to stressors around you much more easily. So just want to give that note about that. And thank you for talking about the test. Then as far as like endocrinologists, so many of my patients are coming to see me after they've been talking to either just their PCP, or maybe they've gone to see an endocrinologist, or if they've gone to a fertility clinic. And what's happening is that they're going in and they're just getting um, really this kind of assembly line medicine and treatment plans for their fertility. And either it's not working, and so then they're coming to see me or they just it just doesn't feel right for their body. And so then they're coming to see me. And... Um, so yeah, I mean, many people have gone in to see an endocrinologist. If somebody has had a thyroid disorder for many years and they're working closely with an endocrinologist, that's wonderful. And then they come to see me because, you know, it's one thing to get your TSH levels. That's your main thyroid hormone. It's one thing to get those into normal range for fertility. Um, and also just a quick note that there is an optimal fertility TSH range not just your average reference range for TSH. Um, so it's one thing to get your TSH levels regulated. And if you've had, you know, long-term hypothyroidism or hyper, you know, you might most possibly are on medications for that. But then it's another thing to be supporting your inflammation to come down, those thyroid antibodies to come down, if that's indeed your diagnosis. And um, also to be supporting your body in this holistic way, helping to balance all the different hormones because your hormones are one full system in the body. It's not just that your testosterone levels are only doing one thing or your thyroid levels are only working in the thyroid. No, like they're all talking together and working on different organs. I mean, we know that the thyroid is acting directly on the ovaries. So that's why it's really important for fertility purposes. Absolutely. Before we talk about the biggest mistakes that women make um, when they have PCOS and they're trying to find their way towards becoming fertile, before that, could you explain to my listener 
what a functional medicine doctor is because I am familiar. And several years ago, there was a functional medicine conference in Dallas and Dr. Hyman was one of the keynote speakers. Um, we talk here on the podcast, many of the specialists that I bring on board are trained in lifestyle medicine. So we do talk about lifestyle modifications associated with nutrition, exercise, stress management, and all of that. You as a functional medicine, what makes you stand out more than, say, a physician who doesn't have that training? Yeah, so functional medicine is looking at the body in this holistic way to really understand what are what's the root cause of whatever your symptoms are. Of course, I'm working with fertility. So we've got to do a deep dive into the body to understand what's affecting your fertility. Because when it comes to fertility, it's not just about your lady parts, right? And so a conventional medical doctor, for the most part, you know, of course, generalization here, um, is just going to be looking at those main reproductive hormones and um, really looking at kind of high level things. And I mentioned this assembly line medicine. Well, this is typically what happens with many women who are on this fertility journey is that they'll go talk to their general doctor, get maybe metformin, maybe letrozole or Clomid, one of the ovulation induction medications. And then if that doesn't work, then they're told, okay, well, your next step is IVF. And so it's just like moving forward on this machine. And functional medicine is really going to take the time to, you know, listen to your full story to help put together the pieces of what's going on with your fertility, you know, looking at thyroid and not just your TSH, taking that next step to look at, are there antibodies that are positive? Um, understanding your, your sleep patterns and your eating habits and, you know, any um, need for detox in the body and just helping you develop then this, really nice, well-rounded plan that is focused on your end goals, right? You know, pregnancy, mm -hmm. but is supporting your health to becoming optimized so that, yeah, not only your fertility is you're increasing your chances of getting pregnant, but you're also sleeping better. You're also, you know, not, not feeling bloated after meals. You're also having more energy during the day. So yeah. that's what a functional yeah. medicine doctor does. I love that. And addressing the root cause without, you know, not just focusing on that goal of having, you know, a successful pregnancy and delivery, but also taking care of your health. So I did ask you ahead of time if PCOS could be an indicator of things to come in the future if the root causes are not addressed. So if we're not taking care of our health, if someone's, you know, a listener of mine has PCOS, why is it important to address it, even if you do not want to become pregnant? Yeah, because PCOS, we know long term, it's, you know, a hormonal disorder. So if you have PCOS, you either have low progesterone or elevated testosterone or too much insulin. And that over time, even if you don't want to get pregnant, over time is going to lead to other issues Women with PCOS have a much greater risk of developing type 2 diabetes. They have an increased risk of certain reproductive cancers. And, you know, menopause would also be difficult because, you know, the hormones are going up and down anyway during menopause. And if you're going into menopause with 
not having balanced hormones, then that's going to lead to more hot flashes and mood swings and fatigue and things like that. So while it's really common to think that PCOS is just a a fertility concern, well, no, if it's something that you have, you want to be proactive in thinking about for, for many years of your life. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the idea that um, while it may seem when you're faced with this diagnosis, you ultimately may feel like, oh my God, I'm going to battle for the rest of my life with fertility issues. It's amazing that if this, the root cause is hormonal and with simple adjustments, I say simple, I know it's not that easy, but with some adjustments, you can have a successful pregnancy and improve your health. It could be in many ways saving you for, you know, improving the quality of life throughout the years. If you're diagnosed with PCOS, there's something that you can do about it. Um, but like you said, maybe the PCP may not have any of this training. And so I'm so happy you have a virtual program. I can't wait to hear about your protocol. I don't know if we've addressed this, but what are those common mistakes that women make initially? Yeah. So, you know, one big mistake is not getting your PCOS type figured out. And because that, you know, takes you on that next level of understanding the root cause of your fertility struggles and getting you on a plan that that's moving away from that, you know, one size fits all approach. And so understanding what it is that your own body needs in order to open up fertility, that's really important. And, you know, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. it's not a mistake that because you're doing something wrong, it's just because this isn't talked about enough in the medical world. And, you know, so another mistake on that is just thinking that medications are going to be the one thing that supports fertility with PCOS. And that's just not true. I mean, again, yes, they work for some women and that's wonderful, but we see that it doesn't work for all women. And, um, you know, metformin is frequently used, has been used traditionally, but, um, the medical literature is moving away from advising metformin for, as just this, you know, one size fits all approach for PCOS. So it's really important to understand, okay, you know, if metformin is not right for my body, or if you try letrozole or Clomid, one of those ovulation induction medications, and things aren't working, it's not to say that, you know, your body has failed, or you're doing something wrong. And IVF is the only option for you. No, like what's really important is to understand, again, your PCOS type, the root cause, what are these issues that are leading to fertility? Like what hormonal balances do you have? Has egg quality been addressed in your healthcare? Because you could do IVF, you know, eight times. And if your egg quality is not being addressed, if your hormones are not being addressed, then you, you're not going to have successful IVF rounds. But do you see how, you know, okay, if you take some time to be supporting your body with specific nutrients that have been well researched to support egg quality and to get your hormones balanced as much as you can, do you see how that opens up? Not only perhaps Mm -hmm. the chance of, you know, natural fertility, but then having such a better outcome if you were to move forward with the letrozole or an IVF cycle. So there's so much with PCOS that can be done 
that's really frequently forgotten, unfortunately. I know. I'm just thinking of the the mental health part of it, the stress of going through all of these treatments when you're diagnosed because the physicians that you may work be working with may only know to take those steps. And so I can't imagine from a diagnosis to maybe metformin to IVF, that seems extreme. And Mm -hmm. IVF is expensive, like you said, and it can take its toll. So tell us about your protocol. Yeah. So I developed this protocol based over the years of seeing women with PCOS. And really what I've developed are these important aspects of health that need to get addressed in order for fertility to open up the most and for your fertility plan to be most effective. And so, you know, this, it's not this just one size fits all approach where we're doing medications, uh, none of that, right? But it's important to talk about egg quality, like, you know, what's going on with your eggs and, and how can we be supporting your egg quality? We talk about you know, detox and eliminating toxins because that's really important with fertility. We're focusing on gut health and how that impacts fertility. And so these, we're just zeroing in on these important aspects of this holistic picture of your health to create this fertility plan that is supporting your body from many different aspects. That's then, you know, with the the ultimate goal of getting cycles regular, getting you to ovulate, and then of course, with increasing your chances of getting pregnant. Yeah. And so being that your program is a virtual program, how does one sign up to be a patient of yours? What is the process for all of that? Yeah, so I offer free PCOS fertility breakthrough sessions because, you know, my work with you is individualized and I want to be sure that we're a good fit to work together and understand, you know, what's your PCOS journey so far. So we have a free session in order to understand what that looks like, what your needs are for fertility, and if we're a good fit to work together. And um, I also offer PCOS, what's my PCOS type sessions. And, um, you know, because figuring out your PCOS type is a really important aspect of developing a fertility plan. And so then, you know, Maya, because I know you have this really wonderful community of people and I want to be of service, I am offering it for a really low price at just $49. And that's when you and I are doing this deep dive into figuring out what's your type. And you walk away knowing what your type is and what the most important steps are that you can take to move forward for your fertility. Oh, that's wonderful. In this conversation that you have, the initial kind of consult that you have, do you try to rule out whether the male partner has fertility issues as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a really important step in fertility, uh, fertility journey, um, because male infertility is about 30%, female infertility is about 30%, and then unknown fertility is about 30%. So as women, often we think that it's our own fault. Um, you know, our bodies, the hormones are more complicated. And so it must be us that's the issue. And we go to all the doctor's appointments. But your man needs to be checked out as well because he has the same chances of you as um, of being the, the cause of infertility. Dr. Potter, I'm surprised to hear that 
30% of fertility issues is associated with, you know, on the side of the men, but also 30% of, of associated with issues that women have. So it, it's almost equal in a way. That really surprises me. I know that now when we talk about fertility issues, you know, it's always tossed out there to remember that men also have issues. I didn't know how common it is also with men. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And the, you know, the 30% unknown infertility, that's still like not reason to be, um, you know, losing hope about your fertility chances. It's because those type of statistics are being looked at from that assembly line kind of medicine. They're seeing, okay, how many people respond to metformin? How many respond to letrozole? How many respond to IVF? But again, if you're not doing that added work of, you know, improving your egg quality and balancing hormones and optimizing fertility specific nutrients, um, yeah, you're going to be in that kind of statistic. But there are so many things that you can be doing to support your fertility that's not just the medications. That's right. And that brings me to another point that I had written here, which is when I guess not properly addressed the PCOS, there's an increased risk for a miscarriage. So um, I, I mentioned that I had a friend who had uh, fertility issues diagnosed with PCOS and, and did the metformin with which helped her conceive twice, but in between she did have a miscarriage. And it's because we're going back to, again, not really addressing the underlying conditions and not optimizing the individual's health. So it's not just that you want to increase the, the health of your eggs, but you also want to make sure that you have a successful pregnancy. I just can imagine all the stress that women go through when they're trying to conceive. Yeah, it's a really difficult journey and it, you know, leaves you crying yourself to sleep, feeling like your body is broken and your dreams of becoming a mother are now dashed. And, mm -hmm. and such a big part of that is because there's not enough information out there about all these other ways that you can be supporting your body. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, absolutely supporting your body, getting your, your PCOS symptoms to be optimized enough or, or moving away from the what the issues that are leading to your fertility is really important. You know, of course, we can never say that the risk of miscarriage is completely taken away. Any woman who is trying to conceive has a risk of miscarriage. But yeah, by supporting your egg quality and your hormone balance, that's lowering your risk of miscarriage. Mm -hmm. yes. And supporting your health through pregnancy, once you are pregnant and through the postpartum time, which is a wild hormonal time as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to do what you can uh, preconception to be supporting your health for many months and years to come. Yeah. So as we were talking about your protocol, um, you know, improving our egg quality, making sure that you take the steps to help detox the body so you can support your immune system and gut health, meaning even like what nutrients can we absorb if we can optimize our gut health? How important are lifestyle changes? Um, you know, having that proper nutrition, getting enough exercise. I know that we initially started with one of the 
misconceptions that, uh, and, and they come primarily also from our physicians is that they focus on weight loss. Like that's the ultimate thing you have to do. Go and lose weight and then come back or whatever it may be. But still, I look at exercise as a way to balance our hormones, improve our mental health. I mean, there are so many benefits, even if it doesn't directly lead to fertility. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this. Uh, super important. Lifestyle changes are really big for a fertility journey. Um, what I have found is the issue is that when somebody is talking with their doctor and their doctor says that like, okay, well, you know, once you lose 150 pounds, everything's going to open up for you. Good luck, you know, come back once you've lost that weight. Um, that is really damaging because one, it, it puts the pressure on you feeling like your body is, is doing the wrong thing. And, um, it's not taking into account all of these like physiological processes that are happening that could be contributing to infertility regardless of your weight. And so, yes, losing weight might be an important part of the process, but first you've got to check, you know, what your hormone levels are doing and a variety of hormones, not just your progesterone and estrogen. You've got to, um, you know, see what nutrients are you deficient in that are contributing to fertility or infertility. And um, so taking those important steps, which we're doing in my protocol and so then once you have that, that's, you know, really good concrete information to understand, okay, what deficiencies are there, what imbalances, then you can get a plan to address those. And then that's when the lifestyle changes come in as well, because then you can say, okay, well, I see here what it is that's contributing to my ovulation issues. I see that I have too much, too much testosterone. Okay. We're going to get a plan to lower that testosterone. But then yes, like, Oh my gosh, like the benefits of exercise and, you know, supporting insulin levels and, you know, lowering testosterone and improving ovulation. That's, that's huge. Um, changing your diet to be really fertility focused and, you know, be eating really nutrient dense foods to be supporting this fertility journey is super important, but you don't want to feel like that is the only thing that I can be doing. You've really got to take that important step of getting the testing done to see what specific, um, you know, imbalances are going on in the body to then help you put together a plan. I'm actually curious, do you have you worked or have you thought about working with some of your colleague colleagues to like bring this information to them? Yes, absolutely. To, to be sharing the importance of like getting the PCOS type and, and the different nutrient levels and all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Education is a big part of my passion. And so, yeah, networking with my colleagues and leading seminars for them. That is, yeah, I incorporate that into what I do. I love this. This has been so wonderful. All the the information, like I said, I've never had a PCOS specialist, I, if I can call you that. Yes, <laughs> um, because, and I want to emphasize too, that you're not only trained as a functional medicine specialist, you know, physician, but you also have that component of um, kind of the holistic and also the nutrition information that 
as we know, many physicians don't receive in medical school. So it's important to know that all of these components play a role in optimizing the, the woman's health. And I appreciate the fact that if, you know, if a woman has a physician like yourself who is guiding her through this individualized plan, that not only will she, it, it can result in a successful pregnancy, but also it'll optimize the health of the baby during the pregnancy. So it's already putting that individual, that child on a good path as well. Your protocol is more about optimizing a woman's health overall. So it's going to take a little bit of time. What does that look like? Yeah. So it really depends on where you are in your journey. Um, you know, how much testing you've gotten done so far, how long it's been since your periods have been irregular or that you've been trying to get pregnant. And then as we work together, you know, our main goal is to get your ovulation back on board and your cycles getting regular because once that happens, then, you know, your likelihood of getting pregnant is that much better. It depends on, again, like how long this has been going on in your body. Is this new over the past couple of years? Has this been something that's been in your body, you know, since you first got your period? Because um, that then helps us determine how long it's going to take in order for cycles to come back regularly. And, you know, it's so hard with fertility because by the time you're then reaching out to somebody for help, you've been trying for months or years. And so you want that quick fix. Um, I, I don't give a quick fix, <laughs> but my goal is to help get ovulation back on board. And that's increasing your chances of getting pregnant. But then, you know, some women that are working with me, we get their body optimized as we can, you know, the nutrient levels are optimized and we can get ovulation back as much as we can, or, or that's the one thing it's like, Oh, that's not coming back. And then it's important to go forward to try a round of letrozole, or maybe they're thinking of IVF because timelines, but all this work that we've done to optimize the, your body's nutrients and balance hormones, that's increasing your chances of getting pregnant with using those medications. Yeah. I love that. That's wonderful. A great answer. So it, Dr. Potter, is there anything else that you'd like to share with my listener? And then please give us your website or anything else you'd like to share. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the number one thing that I want to leave is that if you're struggling with infertility and you have PCOS, like there is hope and not to just be left feeling like, you know, it's your body's fault or, you know, you have to be just going on these medication protocols. And if that doesn't work, then, you know, to feel hopeless, like, please know there are so many different answers out there to be supporting your fertility health in order to optimize your chances of getting pregnant. So I hold on to that, please. And yeah, you can find me over at drangelapotter.com. I have an active PCOS fertility blog. Um, I'm pretty active on YouTube as well, putting up weekly videos about PCOS fertility. And then again, you know, if you're in that place where you have PCOS, you've been struggling to get pregnant, figuring out your PCOS type is that most important next step for you in order to get that clarity 
So um, I have that discount code that's special just for this podcast and that it's only $49, which um, is a huge discount. You know, I don't want cost to be a barrier to you getting this information to be supporting your fertility. So you can use the code um, HLS250 and that'll get you there. And the, the URL is drangelapotter.com forward slash PCOS dash type which I know Maya will have that all in the show notes. Yes, I will include everything in the show notes. And I'm also glad that you mentioned your YouTube channel because I'm a big fan of learning through YouTube. And I currently watch an OB-GYN address like calming issues. She's, you know, anything related to women's health. Uh, but now I'm going to be binging probably on your content. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so excited. Dr. Potter, thank you for what you're doing to support women and helping women to to have a family, really. Uh, thank you for being here today and, and really helping us to understand what the myths are. And I think that you helped me to understand at least. Um, I know that I only thought weight played a role and insulin resistance played a role, but no, there are other things that are affecting a woman when she has PCOS. And you've given us a lot of hope for those women who are interested in conceiving. Your protocol sounds like it's an ideal program um, that's going to help really optimize a woman's health and then put her on the right path towards um, a healthy pregnancy as well. So thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Maya. Thank you for those kind words. And uh, it was such a pleasure to be here. And thank you for the hard work that you're doing to create this incredible community that you have. Mm, thank you. Well, my friends, thank you for listening to today's podcast episode with Dr. Angela Potter. We hope that you found this episode informative and empowering. And remember that if you do have PCOS and are trying to conceive, there are steps that you can take to optimize your fertility by working with a healthcare provider who can, who specializes in PCOS and fertility, making lifestyle changes and considering fertility treatments. You can increase your chances of having a healthy pregnancy. However, we have learned from Dr. Potter today that really having working with someone who specializes in individualizing a plan for patients that have PCOS is very helpful. And her protocol helps you optimize not only your chances of having pregnant, but pregnancy, um, but also optimizing your the quality of your eggs and, of course, um, just overall health. So make sure that you visit Dr. Potter. All the links will be in the show notes. And again, thank you for being a listener. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode. Feel free to leave an honest review as well at ratethispodcast.com forward slash HLS. This helps us to spread our message. And as always, thank you for being a listener. 